If you enjoy the harrowing of Minerva Damson and want to join the Order of Joan in their fight against the monsters stalking the trenches, there are several ways you can support the war effort. Find us on Patreon and enlist, or donate to the Order on Acast. You can also connect with Order Headquarters via Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Links can be found in our bio. The Harrowing of Minerva Damson is a horror podcast and contains descriptions of war that some may find graphic or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome, brave knights, to our interseason wrap-up. Please excuse the dog panting and groaning noises that you are about to hear. Our dogs were very eager to participate in this recording, so you may hear a bit of them in the background. So, uh, without further ado, let's tune in. Can you hear me from here? Can you hear me from here? I can hear you from there. That's when it starts to get tinny. If you're kind of up close, it doesn't sound nearly as... So, so about right here. Ow, that was Oh, my God. Pause <laughs> it. I don't know. We should record this. <laughs> I'll, I'll just cut it out or put okay. it in the, like, intro up. of Bo, all get the up. crazy. Get up there. Bo, get up. Okay. Get up. Form a unified front so yes, we can't squeeze in. <laughs> Good boy. We can push ourselves Good together. Good boy. Good boy. Good boy. Okay. All right. Oh, that feels a lot better. Yeah, it yeah, does. We- all right so um welcome everybody to the uh interseason arc wrap up and already we are experiencing a a bit of of an improvement from last time as we have four people around two microphones (laughs) instead of three people (laughs) around one our ratio is improving. Our ratio is improving. However, we're still only using one table. We're still only using one table, <laughs> and the dogs are kind of hogging ha- the microphone. It's yeah, hang- hanging out. So if you hear them um, wheezing in the background or shuffling around, you know that's just Bo and Bonnie, the two uh, set dogs. It's part of the authentic experience. Yeah. The team so mascot. This is what it sounds like around our coffee table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah. Yes, welcome to the uh, Chevalier wrap-up. So we should probably go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Jessica Linkhart. I write, uh, direct, produce, and voice act for The Harrowing of Minerva Damson. 
Uh, I'm Claire Miller. I did the voice acting for Cornelia this season. Oh. <laughs> Wait, can we can we do that again? Yeah. He's not. We should keep that in. <laughs> okay, try it again. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm Claire Miller. I did the voice <laughs> acting for Gern. Okay. The trick is that you're rubbing his ear as you're speaking, and that's setting that's him what's off. Doing oh, it. I was trying to keep him quiet by. No, no, no. No, that's, that's going to have the opposite effect. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I just won't okay. touch him. I'm Claire Miller. I did the voice acting for Cornelia this season. I'm Jamie Sykes, our host's husband, and uh, the guy who keeps dying repeatedly in bit parts. Hey, no, no, no. I'm Mitchell Lewis, and I'm the guy that keeps dying in bit parts. Oh, no, not in this one. Never mind. Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Mitchell Lewis. Um, I'm the graphic designer, and yeah. Also voice actor. Oh, yeah, I am you, in this. You did. Oh, yeah. oh yes. I am in this one. You oh, yeah. Are. You did die as yeah, a vampire. I did die. You did die as a vampire, and you got to live as uh, the doctor. The doctor. Uh, the doctor. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Was the doctor? Doctor Bartle. Wait, wasn't it like kind of like not really quite? But you know, you were thinking his that fate they, was ambiguous. His yeah. fate was ambiguous. I, I he like, didn't die on screen. I like to think that he survived. Because I he interpreted was a good guy. it as he lived because yes. I wanted him yeah. to. <laughs> I'm sure that he was smart enough to get away from the unicorns rampages, yeah. honestly. Mm. Uh, anyway, okay, so yeah, so on this wrap up, I wanted to talk about a few things, just kind of go through sort of the arc of what it took to get us here and, you know, the experience of making it and sort of lessons that we learned. So yeah, we did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we came out with the interseason arc, which I'm really proud of. I'm really proud of all the work we put into it. I'm proud of the product itself. I'm proud that we got to do it because honestly, like the last few months since October have been rough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we had a lot of plans for post season one. Like we were going to do a episode with dramatic readings of the the transcript miss the transcript errors yeah. <laughs> yeah. of which there were many when the with the auto you know auto generated auto generated yeah. captions one of my favorites being her ankle slipped into the dick sucking mud <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know there's such such golden uh, i mean i think we should have kept that descriptive language in there yeah. <laughs> Dang, you're right, Claire. <laughs> Just make sure people are paying attention. Oh, That'll yeah. really grab them. Uh, you know, that was one of the classics. There were a few more. We also, there was this really funny recording where Miranda, as... It was as Marks. As, as, yeah, as Captain Marks, said, faster, we must go faster. And we all were really excited to, like, just do, like, a goofy little, like, remix of... It was going to be called the Marks March. Yeah, the Marks March. (laughs) Uh, So we had all these plans for, you know, content that we were going to put out in the postseason and, you know, hoped that we would get to season two earlier in this year. But, of course, that didn't happen. And Miranda passed away and... Uh, yeah, you know, grief has a way of taking it out of you. Yep. You know, and making it hard to continue projects. And it, it did feel very different. But we took some time, recalibrated, made new plans. And so we have a new plan. It's a little bit stripped down from sort of like the ambitious pace 
that we had originally planned, but I think we're doing pretty good with it, and yeah. it's more sustainable. More manageable. M- yeah, more oh, for manageable, sure. for mm-hmm. sure. And then, you know, we can ramp up again, so kind of regain some of that momentum. Mm-hmm. I think, when was it that I started writing Chevalier? Do you oh, remember? Gosh. I want to say around March, maybe? Yeah, it was at least... Early this year. Yeah, I think it was early this year. And I, March-ish. It was still kind of cool outside. Yeah, yeah. And I was listening to this song called... Was it that Lorena McKennett song? No, I think it was All Things Devour uh, by uh, ACS. ACS. Mm-hmm. Which maybe I'll include a link to that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't. I kind of had the idea before of, you know, what would a unicorn be like in the ordinal timeline? Because... That's just a really interesting question to me. I mean, unicorns originally were monsters, and we've kind of gotten away from that. But I feel like in the ordinal timeline, that would still largely be true. <laughs> you know? So, I've always liked the darker <clears throat> myths, uh, yeah. mythological take on unicorns. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just so much more interesting to explore that that purity, but also power and a savageness mm-hmm. or uh, viciousness, perhaps. So, yeah, I started writing it. Uh, it was actually really funny because I started writing it and I got like two thirds of the way through and I was like, dang, I'm really feeling myself. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm on a roll. This is this is good. This is great. So I was like, hey, Mitch, can I just like read this out loud to you while he was playing Minecraft one day? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, not sure. Yeah. <laughs> not sponsored. Still not sponsored. But if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> let us know. So um, so I started reading it out loud to him and I was like really excited. But the further in I got, the, fur- the more I was just like, wow, this is just uh, this is just things happening. Isn't it? I mean, I'm not going to say it was crap, but uh, it sure felt like it. <laughs> it was probably okay. It was a rough draft. It was a rough draft. But, you know, I had to kind of go back to the drawing board because I, I, I knew there was something missing. Originally, it was really just going to be about the unicorn. But then I started doing research and I ran across the myth of Bayard. And so now I have two horses in three episodes. And I was like, I feel like... If I have three episodes, I should have, like, three magical horses. So, you know, then I started searching for how I wanted to roll in a third magical horse. And then I was just kind of spitballing with Jamie and Mitch about, you know, what's missing. We decided, yeah, that there really wasn't an emotional heart to it. So I kind of went back to the drawing board there, went back and just kind of, like, layered in a couple of... I didn't really change much. I just sort of added in a couple of parts and finished it out. I think the through line that you sort of layered over top of everything was sort of the recurring fairy tale theming. Because previously you had all these events where it's like, you know, magic death unicorn shows up and wrecks shit. But like, you emphasized more sort of that mother-child bond and the passage of stories and the fairy tale elements and that's kind of yeah the sort of thematic became, through line that yeah. pulled Flesh, it together fleshed out my character Cornelia absolutely yes. yes gave her yeah. more depth more yes. motivation because before then I don't think you ever read the ru- <laughs> the rough draft but it was I don't think I got the very first version <laughs> no no it was uh you know it was just things happening um well yeah the the metaphor I used was like it was like beads previously and then you had to put a string in it to make it into something which is interesting because normally with my process i 
I usually have a better sense of the through line first. So I kind of did it a little backwards for me this time. But then, you know, I wrote something out. Um, I wrote I, I wrote out the rest of it. I was like, I'm not sure about it. Jamie, can you go read this for me? And he went back into the back room and he read it. And when he came out, he like was he just like came over and like kissed me. And I was like, oh, and he was like, you know, basically what you said, which I think was just like, I love it. Yeah. It's one of the best things I think you've written or something yeah, like no, that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I really think the, the, the revised script is some of your best work yet. And Aww. like, I, I sat down after the end of a long work day to read it. So I wasn't expecting to do it all in one go, but I did and nearly cried <laughs> uh, if I'm being frank, but yeah, um, it, it came out a banger. It just, it needed that little bit of extra polish to push it over the edge. Cause previously it was just kind of flat, uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it needed that extra texture to really yeah, bring but, it home. But then it, then it came together. So then, you know, we we're like, okay, we've got it. We we're going to turn it over to production. And one of the first things that kind of jumped out at me once I started thinking about how to turn this into a an interseason arc was uh, I, I don't really think about the podcast angle of anything that I write until after I write it. I'm more interested in writing the story first. Hi, Bo. I was more, I'm more interested in writing the story I want to tell first and then figuring out how to adapt it. And that's when I realized that the torture scene was in there. Yeah, you're going to have to soundscape somebody getting their arms torn off. <laughs> yeah, and then and then kind of being, you know, another person being tortured. So that was kind of interesting because we all had to kind of have a discussion about, like, how do we want to do this? Because obviously this is pretty, like, serious and visceral it's subject intense, material. Yeah. It's intense. And it could make a lot of people uncomfortable. And then I was just like, it's a horror podcast. You need to make it as visceral as you possibly can. Yeah, and make I, it as, like, well, actually concrete as possible. I think what we ended up deciding on was making something that was effective. Because we didn't mm-hmm. want it to be, like, gore porn. No. That's not our style. Yeah, we this, are not this interested in that. This isn't like the Saw franchise. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I don't want gratuitous gore and, and violence, I guess. But but this was a scene where I was like, I, I guess I really wanted to demonstrate how... You well, know, it served the purpose of the story. Yes. Yeah. Well, and this also serves purpose like later down the line because vampires are something that come up for repeatedly throughout the ordinal timeline and the stories that I am telling and have told and have already written. And I think it's important to establish how brutal they can be. Yeah, how, yeah, how brutal, not. not they can be, how brutal they are. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, they're not like low-level mooks that are just dying by the dozen, like in Buffy or Skyrim or whatever yeah. have you. Mm-hmm. They're scary. They're intense. They are genuinely a real threat. They are basically they're, they're like, tigers on two legs. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, also there are all the scariest things about humanity because humans originally we were pursuit predators where we just chased animals down, and vampires are like the ultimate version of that because they don't need to breathe and they don't have hearts that can burst. They can just keep coming. So yeah, you know, I I really wanted to kind of explore that a little bit more. So anyway, and it was effective. I think I think we did that effectively. Uh, I would agree because uh, on my l- independent listen through, that scene did me- make me a little bit nauseous. But yeah, like when we were recording it, it was a struggle because 
it, it's my first time voice acting and to try you did to fabulously by the way. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. we're like well. super proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. But I tried. I I feel like I improved over the course of the season. But trying to voice act a torture scene for the first time was way more involved than I had thought it would be. <laughs> well, and it's also awkward because before there's the actual like sound engineering, you're just kind of like grunting into a microphone or like screaming or making like weird sounds that out of context are just Yeah, it was really hard to go there by yourself, just, like, speaking into the microphone. But then when you hear the finished product and how it all comes together, you're like, wow. Yeah, yeah, which, you know... It actually does sound like I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) This this isn't a a scene that any of us could have method acted necessarily, so it it took some forethought. But even though I voiced it, like Jamie said, listening to the finished product, I, too, was like, this is making me a little uncomfortable. (laughs) That's that's the magic of uh, soundscaping, baby. (laughs) So that, that was one of the first things that happened in, like, as we entered production was trying to figure out what we wanted to do with the torture scene. But, you know, the rest of it was bringing Claire on board and working with her. And I, like I said, I'm like, ah, I'm so proud of you because Claire really came in there and she didn't have any experience with voice acting. Kind of had just gotten into... Yeah, or podcasts. um, (laughs) Had just kind of gotten into D&D. So it's kind of hard to, like learn how to slip into a role you know that's that takes practice but like she dedicated herself and she practiced and like there was a noticeable jump and i'm really looking forward to continuing to work with you thanks uh, so <laughs> i am too. really cool yeah because <laughs> that, that was really awesome to see one of the hardest things for me was getting over how much of an accent i realized i have when listening to myself speak <laughs> i think that's like everybody everybody yeah. has to Everybody has those little ticks, ticks, and, mm-hmm. and and the accent and uh, slurring and alighting words and things like that. Uh, but especially living in the South, I realized listening to myself voice act that I drop the ends of words and I don't pronounce the ing all the way, and yes. so I really <laughs> had to struggle and work at that. Yeah, and yeah. like in my mind, over pronounce it yeah. so that it would sound normal. Yeah. Well, yeah, speaking for a recording just feels bizarre really when you're does. not used to it yeah. and like honestly i i was really impressed with your work this season claire because like you you came in without previous experience and into not just a main character but the main character of the season <laughs> and that's cool as hell you yeah. did a great job yeah well, and it's really interesting because I feel like for Claire, I think you were really worried about overacting in the beginning. So you underacted. So we had to work on like being like, no, yeah. no, it's okay. It's okay. Let it out. <laughs> and for Mitch, it was like yeah, the uh-huh. opposite. <laughs> Too much opposite. ham. I was like, Too okay, okay. actually, you know. You Tone it down. We need to shave the ham. And, yeah. then, and then like, it's like, oh, I'm dying now. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> See, that was unleash perfect. Unleash the hand. That was, yeah, when yes. you could unleash your full potential. Well, yeah, whenever, those dying scenes are honestly so much fun because you can really, like, just there go is over no it. Dig- oh, yeah. And it's yeah. okay. It's yeah, it should fine. sound kind of, like, weird and, and, and just gross and over the top. So, but but yeah, with the, the uh, speaking parts, we had to be like, okay, come back a little bit. <laughs> but that's kind of the cool thing is, again like just like last season is learning to work with like different people and what they need and figuring out how to direct and 
kind of tailor their talents. Yes. Well, and um, I'll say you have gotten better at directing too. Oh. You're, you're you're finding the thread of what your actors need faster. Yeah. yeah. No, I couldn't imagine working with another director for the first time because you were so patient oh. and you would <laughs> let you. me, you know, re say it as many times as I needed, and you would point out gently like oh, okay I think maybe you should say it more like this and this is what I want and then I can be like okay yeah, yeah. oh I'm glad I'm glad that that, that worked out so yeah. I'm always worried that I'm like really overbearing no, but I, no, no. Okay. With, 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 with my experience or whatever because like I'm very it's difficult for me to try and um, I guess read through as well as act through and so like I have to reread it reread it reread it slowly well and that's also and then work through it that's also my fault because honestly I should have given you those li- so okay <laughs> confession time she just tossed him in the booth <laughs> I, I just tossed him in the booth because um, I had to go on a trip so I was pr- like finishing up the last like episode I, I think like the second half of the second episode and the last whole episode I was doing that in a crunch so like I did four days. yeah so I didn't have time and I just was like okay Mitch get in here here's into, your lines into the goblin booth yeah, go, 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 go. <laughs> into the goblin booth with you do you need a directorial pitchfork <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Goblin booth? <laughs> yes this time for season two, one of the takeaways which we will revisit at the end of this conversation is give everybody time to learn their lines. <laughs> Maybe do some table reading. Yeah, oh, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we're gonna do. And then Jamie was really cool because I think last time, last season, you were really you you were really tense. You were so like focused on control, on controlling your voice and enunciating and things like that. That like that you weren't being as expressive. And I think we improved with that this season too. I'm I'm honestly really happy with my necromancer performance mm-hmm. in episode three. Because yes. like the, the little bit parts throughout, I was still kind of in my head a little bit. But I had loosened up enough by that point that I just kind of went for it. Yes, you got yeah. a little bit of ham in there. And it, yeah. was, it was, but it was good because he's, you know, nice he's the villain. Ham. You know, yeah, he's, he's the big bad. Yeah, yeah. We got to see him for two seconds before Cornelia cut his head off. Yes. But <laughs> well, and honestly, I thought it was really cool. Uh, it, it was kind of like so Claire and I recorded our lines for that scene like days apart but it really sounds like we're playing off of each mm-hmm. other yeah and it was really cool how that turned out <laughs> mm. yeah oh. you're not headless let's, let's change that, that. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good line I love to say that line it was delivered so well <laughs> uh, oh my gosh it just makes me so happy sorry I'm just like yes <laughs> everybody liked it <laughs> I mean this thing pulled together yes uh, yeah yeah and it was you know, it's interesting, too, because I feel like I don't typically write the mother-daughter relationship. I, I do not. We do not have children. Typically, I focus on different kinds of relationships. We're the typical so, childless millennials. Yes, yeah. yes, we are. All, all of us. Unless you count Bo, who's sighing into the microphone yeah. right now. Dog children. Those dog children. Fur babies. My babies. Yeah, this was really different for me. This was really outside my wheelhouse as far as, like, character relationships and motivations and you know emotional through line and I think it it really worked out and it kind of like I think expanded my horizons and now I kind of feel like I can see the possibilities of exploring some different dynamics than 
I typically stick to in my mm. writing. So that was cool. It's always great when you can like learn something from yeah what yeah. you're making. It, it definitely expanded my uh, talents because it's just so cool to like you know learn a different skill set and to see yeah. that if I applied myself, I can improve at it. Yeah, so that, yeah. that was really, quickly, really fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this might be a little bit of a tangent, but you were sort of talking about the mother-child relationship. Yeah. I think the two of us were talking, when I picked her up from said trip, uh, we had like a three-hour drive on the way back, and we were talking about, like, I thought it was really cool that what this story does, it's a little bit different than a lot of stories, not even just Jess's stories, but just stories in general, is like, it is a mother who has lost a child who gets to be a hero and gets to be the center of the story and she doesn't like get a replacement kid at the end of the story because like I feel like a lot of arcs that have like you know loss as sort of the central theme the resolution that we see often is just like oh well here's a kid ta-da but just like having Cornelia be able to like come into her own as a character and not quote-unquote, solve the yeah. loss. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a big deal. Well, and it's just rare to have a mother as the main character anyways. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not she lost her child. Yeah. Well, and just the fact that you can't really... I don't know. And maybe this is... I mean, maybe this was kind of fueled by, you know, the grief of our recent loss, but you can't replace people. No. It doesn't try to fix Cornelia's grief... Yeah, you know? you're not throwing a patch on it. To, at the end, she does kind of come to a different sort of, like, emotional state. Uh, but that isn't... I think she learns to, like, utilize her grief in a health, healthy way. Yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, that's... Well, and that, like, her, key, yeah. her love for her daughter and, you know, sort of the memory of her daughter's love protects her. It, it is pure and good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't... It doesn't take away from the pain of it it doesn't yeah it just it changes it and makes it more manageable in, in a way that it hadn't been before i think that she was managing it but it was still it still ached a lot yeah so still but a by, raw subject but by the end she feels like empowered to to change her her own life her own life and hopefully help change other people's lives yeah the last line of this season i'm just like ooh, chills (laughs) let's make an emperor bleed (laughs) so you you made like a comment about you know grief and how it affects you do you think like writing this kind of helped you process everything yeah i mean i process a lot of stuff through writing yeah Uh, that's just that's my go-to I wrote some other stuff uh, at the, you know, like in the first few days that's like really raw and I still can't really go back and read it because it's like makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> but this, I think, was a little bit more a different way to work through it. Mm-hmm. So and to try to do some like alchemy on that, yeah. on that grief. So, yeah, it it definitely I feel like you can see sort of like echoes of that and some of the things that you know Cornelia feels at the end when you know she's just sort of like you know crying on Bayard Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like dang I I really did pull that from a deep place (laughs) so uh, that that was real (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
but that's what art should do. Yeah, you it know? should reflect your feelings, how you're how you're dealing with things, it's, and it should help you process. Yeah, yeah. I think it definitely feels better when it, you can tell it's more authentic in in its feeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it makes it real for other people too. Yeah, and hopefully helps other people. But if nothing else, like one of the things that I am proud of and happy about with this arc is that yeah, it did help me. Mm. <laughs> it works through some things. So, um, and, and now it's out there, you know, it didn't just stay in the shadows. Like we, we transformed it. We made it, we, we put it out there. So, uh, that's, that's a triumph. So I'm going to go ahead and move into favorite parts of production. Did, did you guys have any favorite parts of making it? And for, for Mitch, this includes like the art Mm. assets that are beyond just the production of the podcast itself. Well, let's start with you. Okay. Um, I honestly enjoyed working on the, the episode, like, thumbnails. Yeah. Because for, for a little bit, like, it was just Jess's sketch. and Which I should probably put up sometime. Yeah, you I really do. I think it'd be do. cool to, like, you yeah, put yeah, them yeah. on your Patreon levels. Yes. Or Patreon or even just Instagram or yeah. something. My they'll, website. I don't know. They'll make it out there. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so um, how I usually do my processing is I work in shapes. And so... For, I don't know, whenever we were working on the harrowing <laughs> stuff, there was, like, just sketches and just sketches. And, like, there, this thumbnail set was really, really fun to work on. Since it's a story of three horses, why don't we just, like, layer the horses on top of each yeah, other? Yeah, I think originally I had the idea of transposing those two mm-hmm. over each other and they're sharing, like, an eye. But then we were like, but there's a third horse. Uh-huh. And that's where you came in. You were like, but what if we did it yeah. this way? What if we separated them out a little bit and then have the third one come in there? Yeah, yes. It turned into a puzzle. Yeah. 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 And, like, color, like, combos and stuff like that was also pretty fun. Because originally, yeah. like, the very first uh, iteration, there was, like, a, a like a blood orange almost for the <laughs> yeah, background. it was weird. It was, <laughs> it was really pretty, though. It was. You know, there was one of them that looked very, like, like high noon western. Yeah. Which was actually really cool. <laughs> but I was like, damn it, it's not right for this. Not the, we're, no. quite the vibe. <laughs> we're in the Ardennes, mm-hmm. not in the, uh, the west, which actually... Uh, quick caveat um if if there's a problem with scale in the ardennes like how because i'm an american uh i I think we all are yes (laughs) i have trouble understanding how big or small europe is so i don't actually know if it would take how long it would take to get across the ardennes on horseback Mm -hmm. it's probably a lot shorter than i'm thinking because my only frame of reference is like the Appalachians and the Rockies. So, you know, just so just so y'all know, that's <laughs> Also, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the Midwest, it is flat. There is no mountains yeah, hardly. Which is where we are. And it is like it takes us hours of driving 70 miles an hour to get, get anywhere. anywhere. To get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm a I I'm a Texas gal. I I was raised in California as well, but for a big chunk of my life in Texas, and I still go to Texas all the time to see my family, and it's a huge state. So my main complaint about Texas is always that there's too much Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just quick apology to people who actually live in that area. Uh, just, you know, just I, I might have gotten it wrong, but you know, the power of the imagination. <laughs> you know, I, I, think I you I, can make some allowances because your characters got lost at several points. So you yes. know, even if 
They weren't going in a straight line across the yard. Well, yeah, and that, there's a reason they got lost several times. It was to give me the extra the time. The leeway. <laughs> Narrative yeah. magic. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so, you know, I'm an American trying to write things happening in Europe with basically Google Maps and pictures to aid me. So suspend your disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry. Okay, Mitch, sorry. We had the high noon um, mm-hmm. thumbnail. Yeah, no, just working alongside you, just having you sit next to me on a couch is really kind of comforting because really yeah because you have like such like an impeccable kind of idea in your head and you want it achieved that way and that actually gives me like a lot of like oh okay well to achieve this let's try it this way let's try it this way like it gives me a box to be like hey stay in this box i'm like oh okay well this is underneath the box. It's still technically the box, but let's try it this way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good because I always get a little worried that I'm like, no, this way, this way. <laughs> a high um, degree of precision is yeah. involved with your vision. Well, and I think it's really cool because I think that we are kind of pushing each other outside of our mm-hmm. box and stretching ourselves in different ways. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always really cool getting to work mm-hmm. with you because we kind of... Well, challenge each other. Well, you're exceptionally receptive too, because like I come up with a weird idea, and you're like, "Okay, let's try it." Yeah. And let's like you works. don't like if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, well, it, we both figure it out. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not it's not a big deal if it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a better yeah. client yeah. relationship than you usually have. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would much rather work with someone who tells me what they want than someone who's like kind of iffy on the details, mm-hmm. and then you end up with something that they didn't actually want. Yeah. All right, so who else? What was... <laughs> well, uh, I've got, like, three, and I've already said all of them, actually. Oh. <laughs> but the the initial read of that revised script was really something else. It was a really cool experience. Um, the performance of the necromancer scene, mm-hmm. uh, getting to just sort of get phlegmy and gross. <laughs> um, and uh, a production note... Uh, we had, like, a big mug of tea in the booth, and I was just, like, half-filling my mouth with tea to, like, simulate the sort of the viscera, wet. the yeah. wetness of it all. And then just, like, the final listen-through of, like, getting to hear the final product come together. That's, like, in every hobby I have, like, I love watching process. Like, that's most of what I watch on YouTube is just people building stuff. Yeah. Um, so getting to see that process come to fruit is always extremely satisfying for me. Yeah. 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 Listening to the final product was one of my favorite things too, just because it sounds so much better when it's all together and with the sound effects that you added, that really set the mood for the whole thing. <laughs> Speaking of, like, okay, so Jess sort of disappeared into the booth for a little while and then came out being like, Hey guys, listen to this. And just came out with the unicorn sounds that she composited together, and we were just like, "Whoa, what the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, do you want to talk a little bit about how you assembled that? Because yeah, that was that was yeah. cool. I thought, the first mm-hmm. time I heard that, I thought that was like pre-made up. I didn't yeah. know that you created that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, handcrafted. <laughs> I created it from a bunch of different sort of pre-existing clips. That's how sound engineering works, baby. <laughs> That, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the production, actually, was because this was one of the challenges. There were a couple of, I think every season has its challenging audio engineering 
things. And aside from torture. Uh, yeah, aside from the torture, the other one was the unicorn sounds. And that being said, like, I, I'm i an amateur. I'm doing this just... <laughs> I, I'm sure maybe, maybe this isn't actually that hard. I, I'm just kind of feeling my way through this stuff intuitively and teaching myself on the fly. But I had never really layered sounds like this before. So, yeah, I went in. I really wanted... I think originally I was looking for, like, donkey braying. Because when you filter that through some things, it sounds really, like, gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds, like, scary. These are scary. They yeah. can be. They, they can be. Yeah, they, they, they are. are. But they're also so cute. It's a, it's a disguise. Yeah. It's a ruse. It's a trap. Don't fall for I it. I love them, though. So I went in there, and I couldn't find the sound sample that I wanted on the service that I have. But I did find, like, you know, elephant roars and bear sounds and, like, geese honks and you know, <laughs> and of course lions and and leopards and tigers and, bears, and stuff oh my. <laughs> <laughs> literally lions tigers and bears i just kind of worked with them um and layered them you know took the lions tigers and bears and elephants <laughs> and geese and everything else in between and tried stuck to them in a blender. yeah stuck them in a blender tried to like line them up with each other and and that created the unicorn sound so which honestly i i just love how it turned out it's so surreal sounding mm-hmm. yeah i think so i think my favorite part of production other than writing it because writing is almost always my favorite was really the part where i think once i started actually audio engineering episode one and it started coming together because before then i i wasn't really sure how it would turn out i kind of felt rusty with the whole soundscaping thing um and i was worried it would be like boring or something well and from the uh, spouse perspective she was also really worried after season one coming together so well that it was kind of a one-off like, yeah ca- can you catch <laughs> like a light- fluke yeah can you catch lightning in a bottle more than once yeah I, yeah i mean i was really worried about that but then i started doing all the soundscaping um and the like sort of musical cues and stuff for episode one for the fate of all unicorns and it just oh i could feel it and then getting to the unicorn part i was like hell yeah sick (laughs) yeah that first appearance (laughs) uh, that's when i got sold like oh here's where it's going yeah yeah so i think that was my favorite part of the actual like production of it and what about you claire oh well i like I mentioned, I, I liked hearing the final product all come together. But just getting to work with all of you guys was pretty fantastic. Oh. <laughs> and I, I loved being a part of the, the process. Yeah. And it was it was really fun. Well, I'm just thinking about the times that, you know, you had... <laughs> I, I love this. Sometimes, like, props really help. Oh, with the, <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. With, the, uh, with voice acting in the booth. So for some of those like more intense scenes. <laughs> I definitely had to utilize the props when voice acting. So at some of the scenes where I'm talking to my horse or my daughter, I had like, I borrowed a little stuffed animal to look at, to like, <laughs> visualize. And then I used my pocket knife when I was like threatening the sorcerer at the end. That might have been one of my favorite things to act with yeah, was like the injecting knife. the menace and like <laughs> oh, yeah. brandishing my little pocket knife and yeah. being like... I mean, it worked. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> it was great. So um, that, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, and I guess, you know, you also threatened the, the vampirous too. Yes. So. And, and see, in part two, that was fun too. Um, well, and the, it was also interesting. I work from home, so I was just in the back room. Uh, working when they were recording the fight and torture scenes. 
And there were a couple of video calls where I had to give disclaimers of, there is not a murder occurring in my house. We're, <laughs> we're, we're recording a podcast in the other room. Yes. <laughs> a, a screaming in the background, I'm sure, was very helpful. I didn't get that. I did. Yes. Yeah, that's hilarious. It turns out I had a video called at the same time slot. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and the vampires was really fun because... Working from home is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the joys. The vampires was kind of fun because I think Claire really wanted me to try to, like, ham it up and do sort of like a... a There's a secret recording where she did it. <laughs> did, did like a sort of a German accent. And I just end up sounding like... Frau Brucher. From Young Frankenstein. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know, maybe someday we will do a, like... Comedy recut. A comedy recut of certain parts of the... The Rocky Horror Picture Show version of Shivani. <laughs> I mean, in that comedy recutting, definitely, like, in the background, whenever the unicorn is about to appear, always I want to be with you. Yeah. And just we, crash We cannot through. afford the licensing. Yeah, that's, that's a licensing issue, but that would be really fun. Or the neon cat. Oh, oh yes. gosh. Oh. You can tell how old we are. Like, keep the visceral, like, vampire stomping sounds, but yeah. with neon cat playing yes. in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a, or, or, you know, have, like, squeaky toy sounds or something. Yes. Oh, hey. Yeah, maybe, so, maybe one day. Uh, if Subs- enough people want it. <laughs> yeah. s- s- subscribe to the Harrowing Patreon if you would like to hear com- <laughs> us eventually make a comedy recut yeah. of this. Yes. Monty Python style with like coconut shells oh, coffee. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, that would be, yes. honestly, I feel like that'd be a bit easier than what I ultimately <laughs> Yeah, okay. you, I yeah. remember you said the horse sounds gave you so much trouble. Wait, is that a good kickoff for least favorite parts of the season? Uh, that was lessons and takeaways. I was going to say ask if you guys had any favorite scenes or characters but oh yeah let's do that first um, <laughs> if you would like to hear the comedy recut of chevalier uh subscribe to our patreon today and then just send us a message or or comment like if we get enough people we'll start working on it <laughs> but anyway yeah so favorite scenes or characters Anybody have any of those? So I really liked the vampiress. I liked how you voiced her. Oh, she sounded the not exceptionally. <laughs> yes, she sounded exceptionally threatening. Just and how evil. soft yes. she was speaking, and like it paired really, really well with like you know her just casually ripping off an arm. Like this oh. is nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, me and Jess talked about that. She was trying different things for the vampires, and she went for the soft delivery, and I was like, yes, that one. That's the one. Yeah. I I loved Bayard. Yes. Honestly, yes. Oh, just like a big bay stallion. I was like, oh, I want to couple such him. A, such a comforting <laughs> presence. Well, oh, yeah. like, even though there's like not a lot of sound cues involved with Bayard, like the narration around him does give him a lot of personality. Yeah, I liked reading the story parts about him too, even when he wasn't physically in the script. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Well, actually, and I liked learning about him because I, yeah. one of my favorite parts of your writing is learning about all the different myths that aren't in, uh, you know, prevalent in mainstream culture. So yeah. I love learning the mythology behind all the magical horses in this episode. Honestly, yeah, I just kind of... a deep cut. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, again, I just kind of accidentally ran across him, but then I was like, I can't not use this information. Mm-hmm. If there's like a 
mythical magical horse in the Ardennes, which is where they are, like, who would I be? I didn't, you know, like make reference to that. Okay, Bo. Okay. Uh, but that's now voiced by Bo. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the in the comedy recut, we just do like a, a Bo. What's that? <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't gonna say that, but I was gonna say like actually have him like talk, but in a what is that horse's name in like classic like the sixties oh, or seventies or whatever? Ed, Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed's yeah. voice, like <laughs> hello, Cornelia. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Cornelia. <laughs> I'm here. Hop on. Hop on. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Imagine that voice, like, right after the torture scene. <laughs> <laughs> the juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, we're workshopping this already. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this is what the process is like, people. Honestly, yes. This is a window into what... Uh, but for my favorite character, I, I would say, like, like Mitch, I really enjoyed the vampires. Oh. Like, oh, like, that, the, the presence of it all. Mm-hmm. Um... Honestly, I feel like she was more menacing than the necromancer, but that could be because he was sort of paced by the time you get to actually talk to him. Um, But yeah, I would say that's my choice too. Yeah. Oh, awesome. She had had dignity and flair, and the necromancer did not. Well, yeah, I love a a villain with panache. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, I think, you know, Cornelia is obviously one of my favorites because she's the main character and i actually i really liked rosamond too mm-hmm. even though she was just kind of like a bit grumpy I, I guess because i have all this additional information about their stories in my head yeah but just like that rosamond had gone through a lot and she was still trying to make it work yeah. <laughs> i was almost gonna say rosamond also because i just liked her stoicism and ah. flintiness yeah yeah, yeah. an Ooh. older woman you know who's still rugged and yeah getting Kick it ass. done yeah Oof. her demise man uh yeah rough yeah 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 <laughs> i just don't have anything to say to that it just it's is a what rough it is. way to go yeah. you know i don't know i guess we got to, to you know be introduced to a lot of characters in in this one yeah. um because there was also Angle, and he was he was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked Angle. I mean, he was helpful, and Doctor Bartle, mm-hmm. of course, was a kind soul. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think Bartle and Angle are also a good example of like when you're telling stories in this setting, you're you're not trying to make it so that you know it's World War One. Clearly, the Germans are the bad yeah. guys. Like it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah, the German High Command is the bad guys, but the boots on the ground guys. They're just people. Yeah, they're varied. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I really wanted to... Well, some to... of them are piss evil, like the necromancer yeah. is a German soldier. Yeah. But so are the sweethearts in the in this particular set of episodes. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, in this set of stories, of course, Germans are often going to be the antagonists. And it is true that in World War One, you know, the, the Germans were coming out swinging hard they were doing some really detestable things yeah that was shocking to the world so that you know (laughs) they they were being aggressive as part of their strategy but i definitely don't want to make it seem that like germans are bad you know no because that's more complicated it's never yeah that is never the case it is always more complicated and I don't want to paint everybody with 
Like, these people are uniformly good, and these people are uniformly evil, because that's just not how it works. Well, yeah, like, uh, in some of the bonus content she's working on, like, everybody's up to some kind of mischief. Yeah, I have a Patreon, like, Maiden Tier exclusive series called The Delilah Documents. And, you know, essentially, there is a sister scribe, in 1933 who is going through a bunch of old wartime documents and some of these documents are talking about things that were happening in the war that she had no idea were happening um that the that the order was that the english were getting up to yeah that that the british were getting up to that the french were getting up to that the americans were getting up to and the germans and there, there were other factions, obviously, in World War One, but I'm kind of keeping it a little more to, to like, Western and Eastern Europe. Things you're familiar the with. The European theater. Yeah, the European theater. But yeah, I mean, everybody was up to something, and all of them were up to no good. And, and I say that meaning that they were doing things in the interest of, ostensibly in the interest of national security, that could ultimately become... Problems. problems later down the line but so they were doing bad things but i guess their their reason was for the greater good yeah to, pr- greater to good. <laughs> yeah to protect to protect their people yeah. but the order being what it is what it is and more of a neutral party was like uh we gotta keep an eye on this we gotta keep an eye on this and sometimes stop it because this is going to turn into some something much worse Mm, Um, magic's gonna get out of hand yeah magic's gonna get out of hand or you know maybe humans shouldn't be dabbling with these things but uh so so, subscribe if you want to hear more about yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um uh, I'm, i'm actually really excited about the delilah documents because it will kind of it's telling its own stories but it also gives insight into things that have already happened in the harrowing of minerva damson and like the interseason arcs but it also is setting up things for projects that are you know years out but that i already know what's going to happen so i'm already like sort of laying and they they tie in directly to chevalier too yes that's right yeah there yeah more of that will be explained in the delilah documents of like what was the package yeah why was it that important so anyway uh and also the thumbnail is a banger Oh, thank you yes, so much. Yes, yes. <laughs> Mitch designed it with me. I should also include those like concept sketches of that one too. Yeah, so, yeah it's always fun. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, um, all right. So lessons and takeaways. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So for me... <laughs> no more horses. No more horses. <laughs> if you want to elaborate. If anyone goes anywhere in my, <laughs> in my setting... Uh, in the podcast, um, it's going to be on foot or in a car or train from a, 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 boat. a, a boat or a train, but no more horses. Do you care to elaborate on that? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the website that I work with uh, for sound samples only has so many sound samples for horses galloping, like trotting, cantering, or galloping, and they're not always galloping at the right speed or whatever. And most of these clips are like just a few seconds long. So for some of those longer scenes where, you know, they're running for a while, uh, I had to try to loop the galloping sound together for, you know, like 30 seconds at a time or something. And that got to be a real pain really fast. Well, and so. as an aside related to that, like, Jess grew up with horses, so she knows exactly what it sounds like for yeah. it to sound like a canter, a trot, a gallop, a walk. So she's really picky about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still not satisfied with what I did, but I, at, at a certain point, I just kind of had to move on. From um, somebody who doesn't know anything about horses, I literally cannot hear anything wrong. <laughs> well, and I also, thought it was fine. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I, well, I also, um, you know, horses, to, to give that sense that they are there in the environment, they're, they're making noise, you know, so I had to find the right noises. That didn't detract from the... Yeah, that wasn't, it wasn't distracting or whatever. Wait, you're saying that you're a horse girl? 
I, I am. I, 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 <laughs> I had no idea. I always have been. <laughs> I always have been. Well, and it's funny because I come from a whole family of like horse girls and horse people. And so one of my first drafts I sent to my mom and it was like, hey, cause, you know, I'd already let a few different people read it. And they were like, wow, it's so great. And like, it sounds like you really know horses and like, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, hell yeah. And so I sent it to mom and <laughs> my mom called me and she was like, okay, well, you know, this is wrong. This is wrong. A horse person wouldn't do this. This, the horse wouldn't react that way. Blah, 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 blah. And just like, completely eviscerated <laughs> um, everything that I'd done. Rights. Yeah, and and you know, I I did take I didn't take all of her suggestions uh, <laughs> because I was like, there's some things that I need to keep for like the story's sake. But but I did try to incorporate most of them, and it probably did make it stronger. But it was a little bit demoralizing to be like to have <laughs> to be so proud of myself and be like, well, you know, I when I was a kid, I grew up with horses, so I know like about this and to, you know, have my mom immediately be like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, but yeah, that was probably my, one of my major lessons takeaways is uh, no more horses. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have anything else. Also to give myself, try to budget myself more time, you know, let people read their lines. <laughs> Ahead of time. Highlight the script. Yeah, for highlight us. the script. That, yeah. that was a major help for me was highlighting yeah. my lines. So yeah. I knew Well and, and Cornelia, like Claire did have her lines for a really long time because she was the main character, so she, she had to. Time, but yeah. but with yeah. the like sort of bit parts, I just sort of like rushed them through. So I, I do need to give myself more time. It's gonna be really interesting with season two because like kind of in the middle of production, I'm going to be going to see uh, my sister in Ireland for like three weeks. <laughs> so most production is going to pause for three weeks. But I really do want to get season two out hopefully by like late September and, and then through October. Just in time for spooky season. Yes, yeah. just in time. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I, I think, you know, I just need to give everybody a little more time. Like kind of, you know, instead of giving myself like one week per episode, given a little bit more wiggle room. And I say this knowing that's not happening for not season two. Not for season two. two but... <laughs> it's not going to happen. But for future reference. Yes, for future reference. You know, maybe the third time that I do this, you know, I will be like, you know what? Let's never do that again. <laughs> uh, let's never rush like that again. So um, those are the two that come immediately to mind. Who next? Uh, well... <laughs> I learned a lot over the course of the season. I think what I learned that using the props to help visualize the setting yeah. and just kind of getting out of your own head enough to uh, really embrace the part that you're voicing. Yeah, and that's that's tough to do, to learn how to like sort of let, like don't worry about like if you look silly or anything <laughs> or, or feel silly, just like. Yeah, because full disclaimer, I was never a drama kid. <laughs> You're, like, sitting with, like, essentially three other drama kids. Yeah. Uh, so. we, we weren't, like, we were honorary drama yeah. kids. Yeah, like... Probably Je should have been Yeah, in. Jess, Mitch, and I were never, like, official theater kids. Like, I was in some middle school productions or whatever. Yeah. But we all should have been We all really kids. should have been. <laughs> the guy without rhythm was in band. <laughs> <laughs> We've got three band kids, and then three should have been drama kids. Uh, and yeah. it's in different I configurations. I was, well, like, yeah, I was yeah. like the quiet orchestra kid off yeah. to the side. <laughs> this was definitely like not on brand for me, but I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was like the school newspaper kid. <laughs> color guard. You yeah. know, band and color guard. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that's that's a, like a really cool process. And it was really cool to kind of like watch you get to that place where you just like sort of opened up opened up and like <laughs> let go so we'll make an honorary drama kid of you yet oh boy <laughs> <laughs> whether you like it or not yeah <laughs> uh, but then uh, what about you Jamie uh, honestly my takeaway is the same as Claire's like like I said previously I was really proud of the necromancer delivery I gave but it took like warming up through those other bit parts to get there. So I'd like to do like more, you know, vocal warm up and prep prior to being on mic, just so I can basically be at full all the time. Yeah. As opposed to like ramping up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I was going to say, learning how to be emotional without peeking the microphone was Ooh, so hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's tricky. I always have to watch the little uh, yeah. readout to make sure. Because, yep. like, trying to yell but not fully yell so that it wouldn't, like, you the know. Stage yeah, yell. The stage yell. Yeah. The vocal control that that takes <laughs> is a lot. And if you want to get, like, the nuance of different kinds of feelings in there, it's, like, even more. And that's the thing, like, I didn't realize really before we started doing Chevalier all the things that go into a performance like breaking like a, down the pieces yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know because you you know you need to have vocal control you need to enunciate uh, you need to yep. enunciate um inject feeling but not inauthentic feeling yeah uh actually you know like act the not part sound like you're reading you have not to make like sure you're that you're right next to the microphone mm-hmm. while you're speaking your yeah, lines you, you need to be like a consistent <laughs> uh-huh. distance mm-hmm. from the microphone and you know there's all these things that are happening you know and and i think that i was like 70 percent there when i first started in season one and i learned pretty quick and I think you guys kind of adjusted pretty quick, but you coming into it with like no experience at all, took, you were having to learn time. all of that on well, the yeah, fly. Well, yeah, starting flat-footed, that's rough. Yep. And, and you, you did really, it. Yeah, you really stepped up. <laughs> so, you know, that, but... Hopefully but, it can only go up from here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, oh, I, I think it will. And and again, like, I actually, I'm really glad that, you know, you sort of like came in from that angle because I didn't really think about that before (laughs) and it kind of showed me like dang all the skills that it takes to just do a performance on the microphone so um so yeah that was that was cool to watch and a good lesson for sure a good takeaway um one of my main takeaways was i really enjoyed helping you find some specific sounds like because the the first ghost oh yeah yeah no it was absolutely a problem uh when we (laughs) we were trying to figure out the the hell beast sound sound, that sort of like whistling sound and the first draft version was absolutely awful i mean Uh, we knew it was a placeholder but but we knew it was a placeholder but still jess was just whistling into it and it just it was it didn't sound like oh i I mean it was a placeholder yeah so like jess can i please help with this yeah well because that's the thing like this was like this was like one day before i had to go on my vacation so i was like at the end of my rope Mm -hmm. i was like i'm so tired like i've been looking for the right sound effect i can't find it and then mitch was like it's okay it's okay (laughs) it's like Delegate. Yes. I'm here for you. Yeah. I like doing this stuff. And he did dig up some really <laughs> cool uh, sound effects, and uh, I think one of them made it in. I think actually originally like two, all three of them made it in, but then I... <laughs> 
<laughs> I went back and read, and there was, yeah. some, there was some licensing issues, so I took the so, like two of them out. Ne- next time, whenever next I do time, that, we'll, we'll yeah. consult the contracts the, guy. Yeah, yes. consult the contracts guy first. But yeah, yeah, that was that was really great. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you're right. I need to be better about like delegating that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's um, like we're a team. If you are like at your wits' end, we want to help you. <laughs> yes, just yeah. tell yeah. us what we yeah. need to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Episode two of three just dropped that day, and you have eight hours before you have to get into a car and leave. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 That's a that's a good takeaway. I like that. Yeah. Well, I think we're. Uh, towards the end with the future plans yeah like what how about what we're looking forward to in season two yeah the matigo oh god (laughs) the matigo matigo yeah the The matigo Matigo returns (laughs) (laughs) and and it's gonna be really cool uh actually probably right after we end this and after we get lunch we're probably going to start doing like sort of prep tests Mm -hmm. to make sure that we can get its voice right because its voice is gonna be like really really cool I hope yes <laughs> um so I'm, I'm super looking forward to the Matigo I'm I'm looking forward to uh, there's there's gonna be some challenges with this season that we're gonna have to try to troubleshoot but I think there's some interesting things happening in this season so and, I think we're up for the challenge yeah, yeah. so uh, it'll be fun we'll learn things along we the way always do. we always do and, and- that's part of this. You know what they say, third time's a charm. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of the major characters for the rest of the arcs is going to get introduced. Not just the Matigo, but another character is going to get introduced yes. um, <laughs> towards the end. And I'm super excited. Me too. I'm very excited from what I've heard. <laughs> yes, yeah. So what about y'all? Are you? Is there anything in particular y'all are excited about for season two? I get to make a new thumbnail. Yes. And new stickers probably yeah. too, right? Could, oh yeah, could. we could. Merch yeah. could be on the horizon. Yeah, you know yeah. that's that's something that I would really like to actually get around to this year is to actually like at least do some basic merch on like the Patreon and my website. Well, yeah, like we're approaching double digits of content. I feel like merch is called for at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we love designing that shit. Oh yeah, we fucking love it. <laughs> so, uh, so. We're gonna. Graphic design is my passion. <laughs> and your job. Your yes. Literal job. Yeah. Literal job. Yeah. His day job, too. Yes. <laughs> He's not just doing it on the side. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's gonna be fun. Eventually, I want to make a Matigo plushie. Eventually. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. But they're kind of expensive to like prototype. So yeah. I think we, maybe we should like set a goal for how many like subscribers or like listeners or something that um, we could make a cute plushie. Yeah, and yeah. be like, aha, limited edition Matigo plushie. For me, what I'm looking forward to in season two is playing a character that survives more than one episode. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers, yeah. but that does happen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to doing a different voice. Yes. It's really testing my my range. Yeah, yeah vocal range. Here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think all of us agree that the, mat- the Matigo is coming. That's the Matigo. Yeah. <laughs> spooky cat, spooky yes. cat, spooky you know, cat, spooky the, cat. The icon, our actual, you the, know. There's a reason it's the mascot. Th- there's Let's a reason on. why it's on the cover. <laughs> yeah. So in the future, we're going to be putting out season two. I'm going to be continuing to um, add to the Delilah documents probably no less than once a month, but hopefully twice a month, adding things to the archives. When are we shooting for interseason two? Ooh, I'm not there yet. We need to get through season, <laughs> season sure. two. 
Yeah. So is there going to be a follow-up, though, to Chevalier with Cornelia, with these characters? Not with Cornelia, but we do learn through the Delilah documents what they were carrying and why it was important. So I think you never know, but Cornelia has kind of passed beyond the eye of the, these stories that I'm telling. For now. For now, um, but possibly, possibly forever. Her fate is kind of out there now. Yeah. You know, her story, as far as this, the eye of my stories goes, is is told. But that doesn't mean that her story is over, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> within the in-world context. <laughs> but we'll be probably visiting new, we'll definitely be visiting new characters in the interseason arcs. And in the Delilah documents, we'll be addressing some stuff about the package she was so carrying. for Cornelia, you've told the part of her story that you want to tell for now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it also helps because, like, you've already established that there's order, you know, chambers all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So, order like, headquarters yeah. are, like, different it's sort places, of a global thing. Times. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's a, a really different vast... Specialties. Yeah, mm-hmm. different specialties. There's a really vast playground to play in. And, you know, I think this setting can also, like, I'm telling a lot of sort of, like, horror fantasy stories, but I think this setting can accommodate rom-coms and, uh, you know... Um, you All know, sorts of fun stuff. Just, mm-hmm. yes. You know, adventure Adventure roms. stories mm-hmm. and, uh, you know... I don't know, angsty dramas or whatever. And I, I've literally written a book that's a like crime noir, you know, sort of story in this setting. That's where this all came from. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd love to see all of those things play out in this world. You know, I think that there's going to be five seasons. Uh, I have an, five primary seasons. Yeah, five primary seasons and then four interseason arcs, which I have, you know, planned out. And then mm-hmm. from there, you know, we'll see what happens. I do have an idea of what I would like to do from there. But yeah, there's other stories to be told, but Minnie's story is planned at five, five seasons. Five seasons. Currently. So, yeah. Other plans that we've talked about. I know I talk about things all the time. So, <laughs> oh, there, there's all sorts of stuff in the mix, but, you know. I can't maybe. help but be ambitious, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but just to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. We're really honored to have you listen to us and with us on this journey. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> yes, definitely we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram or our Twitter or, um, you know, on our Patreon, we'd really love to hear what you think. And also, you know, every follow that you give us really helps us. Get and the word out there. Yeah, Tell please. your friends, your family. Yeah, share it with your friends, your family, on your social media. Maybe that, not your children. Not, not <laughs> yeah. your children. You might no. want to put a disclaimer a- about the plus, content. 18 yeah, plus. This is, yeah, this is not for children. But, you know, yeah, every share and subscribe really, really helps us. Yeah, we're um, still a small outfit right now, but I think really our only limiter is how many ears we have on it. Yeah. Because we yeah. have lots of plans, as you guys have heard, and yes. lots of content that Jessica is working especially hard <laughs> on uh-huh. yeah, yeah. to bring into the world. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening, and hopefully you enjoyed it. And we're really, really excited to bring 
season two to you. Spooky cat, spooky yes. cat, spooky, spooky cat. <laughs> well, and thank you, Lady Linkhart, for pulling this all together. Oh, thank you. Ah, mm. oh, babe. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> We're like this all the time. All the time. <laughs> uh, so anyway, well, we will go ahead and I think sign off with that. So until next time, Brave Knights, this is Jessica Linkhart signing off. Safe travels. Hope to see you again. Bye. The Harrowing of Minerva Damson and its related stories are written, narrated, and produced by Jessica Linkhart, and features additional voice work by Miranda Lewis, Claire Miller, and Jamie Sykes. Art assets done in collaboration with Mitch Lewis. Thank you for listening. Our tale will continue next week. <laughs>